Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Postcards from the Welcome to Series 2 of Postcards from the Edge, a podcast where every week I'll be Zooming, is that a word, with some amazing guests to chat about life, love, family, and all the other little things that basically drive them and me to the edge. But more importantly, we'll be chatting to them about their coping mechanisms and how they de-stress, unwind, and learn to take life a little bit less seriously. We all know that I definitely need help in that category. So, without further ado, let's get straight to it, shall we? All right, small confession here. This interview is almost a year old, like my Botox. I recorded it with Gemma last Christmas, but then life catches up with you, and then, I don't know, shit gets in the way. So, we're only just getting around to releasing it now. But the beautiful thing about the GC is the GC does not age, baby. And I think whether you're listening to the GC one year later or one decade later, she will still make you laugh. I know I am holding on to my pelvic floor still. So here is my gift of joy and infectious energy to you. My chat with the legend, the Essex goddess, Gemma Collins. I would like to introduce one of my favorite personalities, people, that I have been following for a very long time that makes me downright giddy when I see you on camera. You just provide me with so much um, entertainment and laughter and heart. I'm very, very grateful that I've got Gemma Collins with me on this podcast. And I I literally want to deep dive into everything and then completely sidetrack and just talk a bunch of just talk a bunch of girl stuff and rubbish and gossip and life stuff with you because you are a really magical person to me. You're like a, you're a GC unicorn. Thank you. You are a very um, magical person. And I think, I don't know if, I know people love you, but I, 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 I feel like I've seen so much development with you. You know, I was touching on it just earlier, just now, but I really am getting to love Gemma as opposed to the GC, mm. the GC is this like force that is just like a whirling dervish of, you know, it's big and it's bold and GC is the entertainer. And, mm. She's the entertainer, but Gemma, yeah. I'm really getting a very grounded person here that is 
that is full of love. You have a big heart. I can just immediately tell you have a huge heart. You know, we were just going through your house and, you know, the stuff you were showing me with Tristan and I was getting, you know, you, you're taking on this role of, of, of stepmommy. And I can see the love that's pouring into your heart with that. And I, you know, I've heard you talk about your desire to be a mother and I'm just, you know, I was, as I said, I was watching clips of you last night and my thought was she's going to be an incredible mommy. And I see you now and you already are an incredible mommy. Oh, and thank you. It, it's yeah. honestly, it's the best thing that like I get so like well up with emotion because, you know, I went out with Rami 10 years ago. Then I got a bit sidetracked because obviously I was on a reality show and, you know, a little bit engineered, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's history. So I sort of went off my path. And kind of, in a way, I never felt really that I truly met the one to have a child with. So Mm -hmm. I did feel that deep down. Obviously, you know, I had been pregnant in the past. It didn't work out, miscarriage, et cetera. But as I got older, I started to feel, I just don't feel I've met that right partner yet. So I'm not going to do anything irrational or crazy. I'm just going to, I kept reading in the, pandemic you know everything happens in the right time in your life it's divine timing just chill and I chilled and then out the blue I bumped into Rami and it was just so weird and then we instantly know that really we've we've our lives have come back together 10 years later he's now 46 I'm 40 and it just felt right and then he said I've got a little boy and it's just the bond I've got with him now. Like I do say to Rami, I think uh-huh. I love Tristan. Well, no, I do say Ram. I hope you don't mind. I love Tristan more than you. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, Gemma. And I was like, the bond we have. Because obviously when I first met him, I didn't really know what to do because it's not my child. It's a massive responsibility looking after somebody else's child. And, you know, I've got a great relationship with the mum and their split was very amicable and oh, that's good. We just it's brilliant like we have lunch together I go she like makes me lovely dinner she's Brazilian she's an oh. amazing cook and she she says to me thank you for being so wonderful to my son because oh, she can see beautiful. the love and he oh. loves me like I can see by his little eyes like I know his little eye movements now I know his personality um and we've got a real bond. And obviously that's been amazing for Rami to see. And none of it was forced. It was all like in the beginning, honestly, Organic. I was like, because he's like Brazilian and Rami's from Israel, he's used to like different foods and stuff like that. So like when I first used to have him, I would put on like a continental spread because <laughs> I would panic that he oh would eat. Like in this country, we just have like a bowl of cereal and go to work. But he likes like different meats for his breakfast and fruits. So <laughs> You're like curing have, meats and sprouting foods. This child is like a king. I mean, it, he, he has salamis, he has melon. And my whole time is making sure, like I love it when we cuddle each other. Just it's just the best feeling in the world. You cannot Aww. describe it. And it has made me very happy and it is tiring. Uh-huh. I'm not going to lie because Rami runs his own business. Like Ram's not in showbiz or nothing like that. He's got his own business. And, you know, on Saturdays he goes to work. I have the baby. Other weekend we're like 
just proper normal family stuff. It's not about us, you know. We we just love Tristan, whatever, you know. We make sure we have nice days out and stuff like that. Um, but it's so nice, I think, when Rami comes in from work and you know he feels like a proper. We've got our family, you know, and the mum's very involved. Like she can come here anytime. Um, and it's really exciting. We've got him Christmas as well. And I just thought, you know what? Aww. Not all families need to be like at war with each other. It's no. nice, Ram. What do you think about it all? Because it was a big thing here, put an earpiece in me having Tristan and stuff. And just like this journey where you and Gemma kind of were together 10 years ago and then skip forward 10 years later and you're a dad and you bump into each other. You know, yes. like how how was that connection different and how did you feel about, well, now I've got a kid. This is a completely different dynamic. This is a new territory for me. Like, how did you, yeah, how did you feel about that? What, did, what you know? Yeah, in the beginning, it was, um, it was, it was, I was worried a bit, you know, um, but uh, when we start, uh, Gemma met my son and, um, you know, I see the way she's with my son. I was really in shock, you know, she's like, I couldn't believe how after 10 years, she, she, she changed after 10 years. And she me when I, was younger. I knew when she was younger, she was different. And uh, she really, really looking after Tristan now. And I think families, um, I've seen like, they don't get on with the, with the stepmom and the mom doesn't want to know. But the way I, I sort of uh, fix things, you know, I explained to my ex-wife that, you know, I'm with Gemma now and she's very good to Tristan. She treats him so nice. And I'm just happy. I can't believe like she's friend with my ex-wife. She goes, she comes I mean, to my. That's so cool. How yes. cool is that? Like that's Beautiful. the dream, really. Unbelievable. You know, like unbelievable. But I mean, like I always just think, like I kind of come from a modern blended family, and I think there's something even more profound when kind of all of these complications or obstacles really come together and enhance everyone's relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like, like so it's nice. Really, it's really beautiful. Like beautiful, Tristan's you know grow up in this, in this like household of love where there's more people who love him. There's, there's this, there's this connection amongst three adults where their, their whole well being is focused on his well being. And there's something so profound about that. And then yes. you, found, you found this partner. Do you feel like, cause I was saying to Gemma just now, I was saying, I feel like just talking to her. And I don't know Gemma, we've never spoken before, but I was watching right. some clips of her old clips and new clips. And I was, I was feeling like I was seeing a more spiritual side to her and a more kind of grounded, like a Gemma, you know, because like I think of the GC when I think of Gemma Collins, you know, and I think of this big, bold, brash character who's funny, who's in on the joke, who, you know, the bigger, the better, you know, the louder, the funnier. (laughs) But what I'm enjoying is this Gemma that I'm seeing because she's funny regardless whether she's GC or she's Gemma, but this real kind of grounded kind of nurturing character who's kind of had some self-reflection who's who's really like rooting in being a woman now as opposed to a character of herself that's Gemma Collins now that's not the GC she's like she's a family uh we have the weekends together it's my life is so I'm so happy in my life now it's just unbelievable you know it's everything is good feels settled with her um what can I say I'm, I'm, I'm I think I'm the happiest man 
in England at the moment. Can I just say, Ada, when you was on the X Factor and you used to come out in all the outfits, he was like, Oh, look at her. I said, No, she's gorgeous. Do you know what? Can I show you? I've dressed up my closet. I've got some of the X Factor outfits right here. I'll <laughs> go on. Here, I'll show you. I think you would Can I just say, this. that little selection over there looks like when you go in Valentino and they hang all the dresses up. This is sort of where I want to be in life. I okay, need to work I up sense. to this level. You're my inspiration. I'm happy to be. Well, bye, we can be mutual. Insp- so this is an X Factor wow. dress. Wow. Here's one. Here's one. Wow. Wow. And then if we go over here. And you re-wear it. Yeah, babes, I'm not going to let yeah. this go to waste. Are you kidding no, me? No, good. On. No, I think that's normal. It's the same with me. Like some outfits and stuff. I'm like, no, I'm going to re-wear it. What a waste. This is what I, I call know. sustainable fashion. Come on now. Exactly. They're too fabulous. So this is that. Wow. And then I'll take you. I'll take you here. I think you'll enjoy this. Hold on. I'll Remember, you. you was in a green one once. You looked unbelievable. Do you, know Do you know what? I wanted that one. And they wouldn't. They wanted to sell it to me for like. A ridiculous amount of money. No, 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 no. But that's the one that got away. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. the dress that got away. And if they're listening, give me the fucking dress. Give her give the me green the dress. dress. Come on. The give GC me the green dress. So. Okay, here we go. Here we go, GC. I think you would appreciate this zone. Here's the here's the uh the dress <gasps> oh, zone. Yeah, this is this that's like a shop. That's that's like being on Sloan Street, honey. Wow. See, this is the level I want to get to. Babes, I'm like halfway come, there. Come. I've just got to keep going, come. keep going. Babe, Unbelievable. You keep going. you keep going. You keep going, babes. We do it together. Yeah. Female, female empowerment. We just, we just. That is next it. level. I have to say, I, I, I have to say it feels good. I'm not going to lie. No, it I does. Your- it's luxury. It makes me feel it's my lady den. I, yeah. I literally don't care if the rest of my house is covered in shit and baby toys. As long as there is one space that makes me feel fabulous and feminine. Oh, yeah. do you know what? Hold on. Hold on. I get hold it. On, Jim. Hold on. Hold on. I think you'll appreciate this. Let's have a look. You'll appreciate. Let's have a look. Have a look. <gasps> oh, my God. I do have one just like that, but not as organized. Shall I take you in there? Yeah, take me in there. Right, come on. I want to go in deep. No. I want to go in deep. By (laughs) the way, we're supposed to be talking about, like, really important things, like mental health. Christmas. And and we're talking about Christmas and shoes. But you know what? This is what it's all about, is, like, like where we go to these conversations. (laughs) Right, hang on. We're just... There's the spiritual side, and then there's just the fucking fabulous side. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? It's like... It's like we embrace the divine and we also embrace the section heel with crystals on it. Do you know what I mean? Again, mine isn't quite up to your level, but you're my closet inspiration, okay? Oh, I love that. I like how you color. Oh, oh, that's huge. That is huge. We've got all like the headpieces. I like that. I like that. Sunglasses. Oh, this is good, babes. I feel like you're underselling your... Oh, the sunglasses are good. I feel like you're underselling because that's quite impressive. That is it very is, impressive. but I just, I'll be honest with you, Ada. I've only lived in this yeah. house a year and I've already grown out of it. Look at all this stuff. I just, it's all a Do bit you know shoved just, in. But you know what I just did? Because I just, we we just redid this, this bedroom and closet for two years and I finally just moved in. I got rid of 50% of my stuff. I got rid of it. Oh, no. 
that's the I big thing it. to do because I, I get attached to my gave stuff. it to charity no I get attached Good. but you know what there was something really um really cleansing about only keeping the things that really yeah. make me feel amazing and honestly you when you when you get rid of some of these things you create so much more space you know this is the spiritual yeah. side it's like you know we're mental talking about space as well there's mental space you know like yeah. that's something the pandemic you know we're talking about because i want to go back to your spirituality because that's something that reads and i feel that when you're talking about that you know and it's like part of that spirituality for me in this pandemic is is creating mental space where there was yes. space because some of this has been so scary and there's been so much junk in my head and my heart with how it makes me feel this need to really get down to the basics like what makes me truly happy you know and and, that, and cutting, out, so cutting right. out all the stuff that doesn't serve me including including just stuff you know like you think you love something and then actually when you look at it it's like but it doesn't fill me with joy and if <laughs> no, it doesn't fill right. me with joy i don't i don't want it and it's like it's like you're talking about it's like you know, last Christmas, it sounds like you had the most traumatic Christmas ever. Indeed. And then it's like, skip forward a year, you're in your beautiful house with your mom and your dad, and you've got Rami and you've got this beautiful son and you've got this, mm. you know, this, this house full of wonderment. And it's like, it's amazing what a year can do. And it's amazing in that space, you know, you had to fight hard to get to this place emotionally. Do you know and what, I mean? what happened and was what I was guilty of. I used to keep myself like really busy all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. I knew I had shit to deal with, but I wasn't in already actually rather to then Prepare, deal with it. You were it. ready. Yeah, totally. I wasn't ready. And, um, you know, I was also supporting someone that was an addict and my it's head hard. felt very hard. And, you know, my head felt like, because one minute I'm having to be like all showbiz and then behind the scenes, there's it's all dark. this stuff going on. Very. And then in that pandemic, I couldn't run from myself. And my brother actually said to me once, all this going away, doing this, doing that. The only person you're running from, Gemma, is yourself. And I thought, uh. Boom. And I mean, yeah, he nailed I tried it. to like, he nailed it. He did. And I sort of like shrugged it off. And I never forgot that when he said that to me because I thought he's right. And it was in that pandemic, everything stopped. I couldn't go anywhere. I was so uncomfortable in it's the horrible. beginning with <laughs> myself. I was like, what the hell? It was <laughs> like, I just, I can't tell you all the different feelings emotions like one minute I like hated myself and then I was like no I'm doing just fine and then my brain started going back to like stuff back in the day that obviously might have affected me but I didn't realize at the time and you know I think coming into showbiz a lot of people say like be careful of that one be careful of that one and then I like it was like all this stuff that was I was like oh gosh yeah they was right about that one and I just had time to breathe, compose and deal. And then things I wasn't happy with about myself, I changed. I recognize some of my behaviors is if I'm feeling stressed or I'm being overloaded or people are asking far too much of me that I just don't feel that I can always keep doing. And then I just learned a great word, no. And I Yay. felt because... So much of me has always been like, yeah, 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 I'll do this. And especially when you're first starting out in showbiz, yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel I'll like you have that. to. You feel like you, you have, have to. to because you're, you know, you want to get on. 
And actually, you want people to like you. You want people to hire you. You don't want to be any fuss for them. You don't want to be, you know, that one. So you're like, you you will do everything. But you give all of yourself away. And I realized like sometimes if I did go a bit like weird or like people saw that I was angry, so I was actually because I was feeling quite distressed. I felt like a lot was being put on me. I had to perform da da da. And it was like, nah, I'm not doing yeah. this anymore. And I actually just thought, I'm actually really, I've I remembered how I was before I'd like got famous and things that used to make me happy. And I just kind of like I know even mad stuff, but like. Just going to like, say like a wimpy bar with a friend, <laughs> having a yeah. wimpy and yeah. catching up and not even having to tear around because, you know, like that was totally okay to do something normal like that in a day. Whereas I probably used to would have felt guilty if I wasn't working or I wasn't striving more. If I, you know, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself and it's totally fine to meet a friend for lunch and do not Aww. much else in that day. So I remembered, like, relinked with all my old school friends. And it's not that we ever fell out. It's just was so full on with, with my job and everything that, you know, didn't always get the time to spend quality time. So, um, you know, that's all been really good. And I just know my limit now. If boundaries. people putting a lot of pressure boundaries. on boundaries, yeah. It's I will like happily the best say no. Ever. But don't but people takes, still get a bit weird? Lot. Of course. And by the way, when, what people don't yeah. like when is when you're someone who's never had boundaries and all of a sudden you put boundaries in, it yeah. really pisses people off. They are like not used to it all. They think you're being a bitch or they think you're being difficult. And it well, takes this like it. this adjustment period. And then, but slowly, but surely when they realize this is who you are and this yeah. is your power space, they, they adjust, but it's a very uncomfortable thing when you've never had boundaries and you're the yes girl. And all of a sudden you wake up one day and say, no, 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 no. That doesn't work for me. Yeah. I know. Do you think, do you think if you hadn't been pushed to the edge, you know, in this pandemic with yourself and with all the things that have happened, do you think that you would have ever gotten to this place with yourself where you're at now? Hell no. No. I, I went through some, as I say, really uncomfortable feelings you know, I had to face up to a lot of things, you know. Um, I've also, you know, sometimes people treat me really appallingly and I just sort of just used to like gloss over it. It's fine, showbiz, da-da-da. Um, and it was kind of like dealing with all of that. But then I feel like maybe I was tested because once I'd sort of learned to love myself again, because that's saying once you love yourself, then someone else can love you. And it's kind of like, do you know what? I'm not going to feel guilty about saying this. I did fall in love with myself again. I did get to know myself again. And all these people that have like come and gone in my life, they weren't there for the right reasons. And then all of a sudden I was like so comfortable being on my own. And I used to get kind of a bit bugged if people would like, oh, let's come around and see you. Let's do this. Let's make hundreds of plans. I was like, do you know what? Actually, I'm fine. And then I got to a point where I was really comfortable, happy. I was like, I've got this. I'm chilled. I make my own decisions in my own time. And then my dad got ill. Rami reached out, did not think for one minute uh, anything romantic. My, my mind was not even on having a partner. I actually think for the first time in my life, 
I weren't obsessed with meeting someone. I was more, I got more bothered about myself and my happiness. And I got got really selfish. And then literally out of the blue, Ram come along and we used to go for like little walks and he was really good. He'd pick my mum up shopping if if I was, couldn't get there. I was at the Uh, hospital and I was just like, oh, this is nice. And then this is nice. Again, still wasn't thinking, but I did start to think, damn, why didn't I accept his proposal 10 years ago when I was so like wanted that sort of life? And then I sort of went down another path. And then I thought, actually, maybe this would be the right time for us. Didn't say nothing to him. Did feel a bit gutted in myself, like, oh, God, maybe I've missed an opportunity um, and then just out of nowhere, it all come back. But then I think if I've, when you say I've matured, you know, I have got better at my work and stuff like that. I think I just had to go through all this process to sort of get to this point. And now it's good as, you know. I love that. You know, like, like I do think, you know, there's, there's something that someone told me once, which I have to remind myself when I have doubt and fear is like, what's meant for you doesn't pass you by. Very true. And it's so hard to remember that sometimes when you want to control a situation or there's an outcome you want and it's not happening and you think, well, it, you know, I can, I'm going to bend this to my will or, or that was meant for me. And I've lost this thing that I was supposed to have, but you know, like Robbie and I talk about it sometimes that, you know, God, I wish we'd met sooner. Like, why did I have to go through all those dickheads? And why did you have to, you know, sleep with all those supermodels? But why, why did we start this earlier? You know, but honestly, I really think that Rob would have completely fucked it up if I met him earlier. And it would have been a completely different story. And we were meant to be when we were meant to be. And I feel like this love story that I can definitely feel that you're having with Ram is exactly where you should be right now. And and the Gemma, Gemma, you know, from 10 years ago, wouldn't have known how to love herself in the right way to to receive this relationship. And it would have been a completely different story. And it's like, you know, loving yourself. You said it's, you know, I had to be selfish, but you know what? It's like the least selfish thing is to love yourself. It's like the thing we judge ourselves. We think, oh my God, it's selfish to love myself. But actually it's like the foundation for everything. Cause we're all we have at the, at the end of the day, this is the one vehicle we have and we've got to love it first. And it's, I think it's so perfect that you went through this. You're like a butterfly. You went through this yeah. like whole cocooning period in the pandemic yeah. and had to sit with some really dark, heavy shit. Oh, and it was then awful. Take- Awful. And then awful, right? Horrible, yeah. horrible. Sitting, sitting, sitting with yourself and stuff that you have to revisit about yourself and yeah. being, being accountable to certain memories and pain and, and having nowhere to turn is like the worst existential experiment ever. And it, is. it takes grit. It's like, mm. it's horrible. It, there's yeah. nothing nice about that discomfort. But like, if you look, I mean, at the, at the end result is like, you get to emerge from that a completely different person, like the most whole version of yourself you've ever been. It's, it's like an enlightenment. And yeah, you're so right. And I feel like I've matured now. And sorry, the light went off. I actually prefer it with the light off. Um, But I've just like kind of matured now. And it's like, I feel like a woman, do you know what I mean? It's, I think before, and obviously like being in TV, like got to stay young all the time, got to stay this, got to stay that. I'm just staying me, hun, do you know what I mean? I'm not going to try. I went down that route of having, you know, the fillers, the Botox and all of that. And I just looked at myself, I don't recognise myself. My mum went, Gemma. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. 
What have you done to your face? Keep it real. That's what people like. What do you mean? Yeah, you're right. Fine. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. She'd go to me, your face. And then my dad went, your face don't look right. And I thought my dad would never say anything like that. And I thought it must look bad. Oh, so bless, it was kind of just bless. like going back to being well, it goes who back to that loving I, yourself. Yeah. Like and who I was you. authentically. Yeah. In, you know, how I looked in the beginning. So I'm just, I'm just sort of, I think it's great when you get to a point where you don't have to explain yourself anymore. And, um, you know, I'm confident enough. I know people thought I was confident before, but it was kind of like a bit of a false so this confidence. Feels like, this feels like real confidence to me. You yeah. Know, like, this, and now by the I way, know. Like, the, you know, it's like even Rob, he goes through the same thing. There's like the stage performer, per, per, there's a stage yeah. persona called Robbie. Yeah. You know, who you know, pulls his pants down and says, I'm Robbie fucking Williams, you know? And then there's like Rob at home who's wearing, yeah. you know, slippers and is the boozy and does yeah. little dances with the kids, you yeah. know? And, and and those are two different people. And, yeah. and they both have, and they both have to be confident to survive, you know? Yeah. Stage persona oh, definitely. is, it's gotta be Teflon, but you know, on the inside, the person we come home to, the person we go to bed with ourselves, has to be confident in a completely different and authentic way, you know? And I think, I don't know if you felt like this, but since I've turned 40, it's like permission Liberating. to just, yeah. yeah, not give a fuck and to just settle into myself. It's so cool. <laughs> it is. And I, and I do feel like in my forties is where I blossomed and, you know, I did get a bit paranoid because one of the, the newspapers, why do they write your name, then your age? And I was so like, it's such bullshit. I hate it. It's Why so do you have to keep reminding everyone I'm 40? And then I was like, no, actually remind everyone I'm 40 because I'm comfortable with it and I'm not going to panic. Yeah. And actually the 40s has been the best years of my life. I, mean, I think, look, yeah, I've learned a lot. I well, learned a lot in the last few years. Well, speaking of that, because I was going to ask you what really annoys you, because, you know, like the papers is something that's like a completely, you know, just just a completely annoying beast at times, a painful beast. Mm. What in your day-to-day, I mean, it's not even, annoying beast isn't even the word, it's horrendous sometimes. What annoys you in your life now? Like what really kind of triggers you the most? Do you know what? I've got to be honest, I think, because I'm quite zen now, I don't really, what do I get annoyed about, Ram? I don't know, I'm like chilled. I'm like, I don't mean, what annoys me? I'm just trying to think. If you know me and you know me, the real me, I'm actually quite a laid back person. Yes, I'm ambitious and yes, I've always worked hard, but I'm kind of am proper chilled vibes. And I'm trying to think. You're kind of like a hippie. I'm enjoying this. This is like, we've got to come up with a Zen name for you instead of like, (laughs) I I don't know, it's like. Gandhi Collins instead of Gemma Collins or something. Can you think of anything like, like what uh, if like, I don't even know. I get annoyed when there's a spinning wheel on the computer. But yeah. What maybe they say? People, I, no, mum said people being drunk. That does annoy me. You know oh. what it is? I think be, I, I find people when they drink, they can go really weird. Yeah, of course. And it's yeah. just, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I don't get annoyed where I want to like kill them or anything. But, but do you like, like, like with a drunk talk where they're like two, two inches from your face and repeating themselves? That kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, can't bear it. And the breath. So yeah, the, breath, the wine breath, or the beer breath. Yeah, 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 yeah all yeah. of it. All oh, of it's it. the I- worst, isn't it? When you can smell the breath and like, yeah. and like, it is like, 
it, especially by the way, now post COVID, I don't want anyone's breath on me full no. stop. Like no. we need to be, but the drunk yeah. breath, the drunk breath <laughs> yeah, is it's bad, breath. Isn't it? And you know what I think as well in that moment, people talk rubbish. Yes. And I think, yes. oh, no, not today. This is not serving me, this conversation. Uh-uh. I need uh-huh, to just uh-huh. go home, put my meditation uh-huh. music on and chillax. But, yeah, I don't really, I don't sort of put myself in situations where I would allow people to annoy me now. Do you yeah, know like what when I mean? did you? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, that's an art that both <laughs> Rob and I have learned is that, again, it's the boundary thing. It's the boundary. Yeah. It's like you go from people-pleasing the zone where you don't want to tell someone their breath is stanky and they're in your space and you need to go to all of a sudden is like, Oh, my time is precious. I don't want you. I don't want your vodka talk on my face right now. I'm going to go home. But it's like, you know, like what about when people like, here's the thing, something, something that I know that, I mean, Rob really struggles with sometimes is this like when people ask you for an autograph and let's say, you know, a lot of times he's super happy, you know, enjoys it, willing to do it. But then there's sometimes when there's really personal moments with our family, we're out with the kids, yeah. you know, where we want to be left alone. And then there's this weird thing where he feels like two things. It'll be like, or someone will take a picture of him when they don't ask, you know, whatever. It's like, you kind of want to say, please don't do that because I'm having a personal moment. And you, mm. and so you say that, and then they, they, they think you're an asshole. You go, please don't, no pictures. And then you're an asshole. Or you do do the picture, even though you don't want to do the picture. And then you're left feeling a bit shit because you've just lost a private moment with your family and you feel a bit space invaded. And it's a really tricky one because now Rob will put up the boundary and say no, but then it ruins the rest of our meal or our time because someone's gone, all right, mate. And they walk off in a huff. And then he stews over the fact that someone thinks yeah, you he's get an asshole. Upset. I get it. You don't want to hurt I anyone's actually- feelings. No, I address this in counselling because there has been moments where throughout my career and stuff like that, it's, I live in the country now, like I've moved way out of it all. Um, And I do understand that. And I actually addressed it in counselling because I started to become a little bit of a, I could tell like the recluse, I was getting like a bit of a recluse. Yeah, that's Um, like Rob. He can be reclusive. I was getting reclusive, but I wasn't getting depressed or anything, but it was just kind of like, oh no, if I go out, it's going to be hassle. Then my friends, I don't want them because my friends, when they're with me, they don't talk about my work. I'm I'm their mate from school. Like we just talk about family life and stuff like that. So I then used to get thinking, oh no, my friends then get asked to take loads of pictures. And then I'd get like this really bad anxiety about it. Um, and then I'd end up staying home and everyone would come to me. But then you don't want to sort of live your life trapped in your house. But I did massively go through that. And then I spoke to, I have got an amazing therapist, Mandy Salagari. And I said to her, man, how do I cope with this? And she said, quite simply, because I went through all of that. Sometimes, you know, Rami will be on a date and we're just about to go in for a kiss. Exactly. And someone comes in with a camera. She's like, can I have a picture? Yeah, and they yeah. don't like, even say, "How are you, Gemma?" Oh, do you, oh, oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but you're interrupting. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's a whole, and then you feel bad, and then you don't want to be horrible because they're your fans and stuff like that. So there's exactly. a whole emotions. Be, it's but complicated. My, absolutely, but my therapist said to me, "Do you know what, Gemma? It's quite all right to say no and not feel any guilt, any shame, and just say 
thank you very much, but I'm not GC today. I'm just having a private moment. And I was oh. like, you sure I can say that? You just get me tissue around. My nose is running. Don't worry, I did a COVID test. I haven't got COVID. <laughs> Don't um, worry. <laughs> Either way, we can't give it to each other on the computer. No, exactly. But, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was like, <laughs> no, I know. Isn't it funny? Tea. Anytime <laughs> someone sneezes, you go, not COVID. It's not COVID. I know. It's, honestly, Toilet roll a cat in the room. We ain't got no tissues in this house. Toilet roll, I'll have to do. But no, like I, you I, need you need festive tissue paper. By the I'm way. getting a roll to some. I know. You should get some like candy cane tissue paper at this point. I Let's will, just Mom, go. Get, get, have a little look on the internet. We need candy cane <laughs> tissue paper. But no, I get it. I went through the same thing, and actually, you kind of once you set the boundaries with them, if it's young kids and stuff, I always oh, do yeah. it. Oh yeah, that's totally different. That's totally different. But then I kind of think, is it kind of the price we've got to pay because of what we do? But then it's kind of like, and again, you know, it was made very clear to me: the public don't own you. No one owns you, Gemma. You can come and go. Um, you know, freely, etc. And I was like, yeah, but I can't always, you know, it's not that simple. Like we want to go, we did want to go into Wonderland. Um, obviously, we, as I say, we are a little bit worried, but when it first started, I was like, Ram, let's go into Wonderland. And then we sort of like, and then it kicks in. How am I going to get round Winter Wonderland? Shall I put like a different color wig on, put a beanie well, the, hat on the and mask glasses? is a very helpful thing, by the way. Well, it that, is. But to be honest, people still recognise me. And I've got quite a distinctive voice. And then it's like, well, shall I hire Sid? Because then I've got like this close protection security. Sounds dramatic because I'm not Mariah Carey. Fully aware of that. But people don't understand. It's the only way I can get about. And then I'm like, well, that's going to cost me 500 quid before I've gone out for the day. I'm 500 quid down. I only want to go win Wonderland with my boyfriend. But it's actually impossible for us to go. So then you all these whole things happening and then we kind of just like, oh, let's not go. And then I'm like, well, we shouldn't uh, be missing out. No, but it, go. I do get it. It's, it's, it it's is very, a hard I mean, thing. But Rob I find, you know, if I'm with Rami, people don't come up to me. If he's really? with me, and especially if we've got the baby, that I have to say, if they have come up to us, really weird, they ask Rami, oh, can I have a picture with Gemma, which I don't know why. And then I'll That's just hysterical. say, don't. And then he's like, right now. hang on, let me check with the boss. Like he makes a I joke I like that it. they ask his permission. Yeah. That's they so they funny. go ask you, Ram, didn't they? It's really strange. Um, but have you noticed, think- have you noticed with now that you're a stepmom too? Cause like, I know one thing that gets Robbie like really worked up is when we're with the kids. Like it's one yeah. thing when it's just the two of us, but when it's with the kids and people are taking pictures, he gets like really protective. I Papa ask Bear. them not to put, you know, uh, you know, I do ask not to just, I said, oh, don't take a picture of the baby because it's up to him if he wants to be pictured. And, you totally. know, not everyone's kids want to be forced on the TV and cameras in their faces and stuff like that. Um, you know, and I, and, and do you feel like, do you feel like it's easier to create a boundary because you're a stepmom, like easier to create a boundary <laughs> for him than even for yourself now? Absolutely. Like I would, I, you know, I've showed you his face today on the cameras uh, on the picture of our home because, you know, I'm letting you in and you're in my home and your chilled vibes. It's all good. And I know there's no like badness. And no one's but, filming this, by the way, you, this no, will not go on. No, it's fine, but no, it's totally fine. But like, I haven't actually put his face on the Instagram and stuff like that because, you know, it's, it's, he's not thing. got a voice. It's, 
it's up to him if he gets older. Like my nephews are older. One of my nephews loves being on the camera. One of them Hayden, doesn't. Hayden, right? Hayden. Yeah, Hayden, Hayden right? loves it. I love he seeing like, Hayden on the show. Oh, I love He's him. He brilliant. came to see oh, me yesterday. Your relationship with Hayden is so Beautiful. sweet. He's it's grown beautiful. up now, though. I wish I could like, he, make him young again. Is he like I, croaky voice and like, croaky like teenager voice. now? Getting oh, a teenager and... It's kind of like I still give him loads of cuddles. Like we have just such an amazing bond. And I do have an amazing bond with the other one, but it's just very in private. No, like he he yeah. does not want to be like on, on camera. camera. He's very shy, mum, isn't he? Lovely boy, like beautiful, but he's just a different type and you have to respect that. And you know, 100%. like sometimes when I see people filming their kids nonstop and they're grizzling and crying, I'm like, why do you continue to put the cameras on your kids? They're distressed. Stop it. And it really affects me because I you totally have agree. to, your child is like so You're the protector precious. of their voice and they're, yeah. you know, they're vulnerable in your hand. I mean, you know, Absolutely. Robbie and I, we don't show our kids' faces, you know. No, and sometimes I think you're right. I, I sometimes, Teddy, well, sometimes she's funny because she's at that age now where she's nine and she's quite, you know, she's jazz hands. She's, you yeah. know, she's very entertaining. She's beautiful. She's funny. And she's kind of like, well, and you know, if there's a picture, I'm like, baby, don't show your face, turn your back. And she was, yeah. she's getting to the point of like, well, mommy, I, I want to show my face. I want to be on Instagram. I want to be, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I said, listen, when you're older, that's a discussion we can have, but you don't understand the ramifications of that. You're right. Yet. You're right. You know, because she doesn't have a 16-year-old brain or an 18-year-old brain. She's the nine-year-old no. brain. And she doesn't yeah. know what that means. But it is interesting how, you know, they get to a certain age and they start to ask those questions. But I feel like until they're old enough to really voice that they want this in their lives, you know, you have to be the protector and, and shield Massively, them massively. And, um, you know. And there's I, a lot I, of weird, weird shit out there. You don't know where these pictures are going to end up. You know, massively. No, totally agree. You know, I'll protect him as much, you know, as much as we possibly can. And, you know, we went to a restaurant a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, as we come out, we put the blanket over because it's, he's a, he's a young child. Like, it's just not. Yeah. As I said, I have mixed views. I know some people like putting their children on TV. Uh, Hayden, you know, before Hayden done it, I was like, he, he loved it. He was cut out for it. He's cut out for it. He's brilliant. He loves it. He can't wait to be on the cameras. But then, you know, I see sometimes other people's children like screaming and crying on the camera. I'm like, and they don't want to be there. Why do you persist to film your child? It's just bizarre. And I can't get my head around it, but each to their own, you know? Gemma, I've never been, I've never been to Essex before, ever. I've never been to Brentwood. I've never been to Brentwood. I've never been to any of the clubs or any of the shops. I feel like I need to go to Essex and you need to like take me around Essex for the first time. I will. It would be my absolute pleasure. You'll like it. Listen, it's normal. You know, at the end of the day, we all started out normal. You know, it's uh, it's just down to earth around here and it's fun, you know. You can take me to a wimpy. We don't even have to brush our hair. We can no. just, we can just, and it refreshing it. sometimes oh. going out and just be like, no makeup. I love it. Oh, I mean, I, right now I'm, I'm in my sweat. You look gorgeous. I've, yeah. I've done my, I've done an athleisure line. I'm going to send you some. Oh, wow. Lovely. I've got, my, I've got my socks on right now. And like, I would happily go out in public right now and just chill like this because the beauty now of being 
40 and natural. a half inch. Yeah. It's no, just I'll unnatural. Be honest, I'll be honest, like, obviously I put makeup on for you tonight. So I was like, oh, she's right, so right. beautiful. I put, I better put makeup I put, on. <laughs> Gemma, I put perfume on for you, even though you can't ah, smell me. And, me and I, the I, lit, I lit a candle. I lit a candle. I love it. I love it. I set the scene. So it's like girly night in. It's girly night in. I wish I had the rosé. It's a little early in LA for the rosé. But next time I will have, I will, I actually, you know what, next time, babe, I will put on an X Factor dress. And the green and one. Get of, the green uh, dress. Well, the, I gotta get the green. I'm gonna get the green dress. Do you know what? Elisa, that's last be? time I was in LA, in LA, we went to this place called Craig's. Oh, I know Craig's. How mad is this year? I was with Jonathan Chaban, the food god. So, of course. I mean, he's definitely the food god. He can eat and eat. He doesn't put on a pound. Can't, so he goes, why is he so small? How does he just eat, eat and say? Because he's so the small? food god. I've witnessed it with my own eyes. Did, so, he, did he pray to the food like at some stage in his life where he can just eat anything he wants and stay that Well, this small? is what I said to him. Something's up here. Someone's given you a magic chip so you never put yeah. inserted in your arms. He never put yeah. them on weight. But we literally yeah. went to this place called Catch, and then it was like, do you like bread? I'm like, bread? I love it. It's like, <laughs> we are not leaving this street until we go over the road to Craig's. We walked in Craig's, and then he orders up all this bread. It was the best bread I'd ever had oh, in my life. Craig's is amazing. Did yeah. you have the did you have the did you have the chocolate pizza at the end? Did you try the chocolate no, pizza there? No, because I was they stuck a chocolate pizza. I mean, it was two restaurants in one night with him. Yeah, true. You did a ha- you did a double header. Sorry, yeah. But I found my favorite place to go to in LA was Nate and Owls. Nate Nails. Nate Nails. Have you been it's there? Nate Nails. I grew up going oh, to Nate Nails. Loved it. The Jewish deli. You get the matzo ball soup, and you get the corned Abs- beef sandwich. And yes. the and the waitresses are like old and grumpy and amazing. Well, and Grammy's you get the Jewish. Spirit. I'm yeah, Jewish. Rami, yeah, Rami's I'm Jewish. half Jewish. I'm half Jewish. We do Shabbat every Friday. Okay, well, I'm coming to Brentwood for come, Shabbat. Come, I'm coming come. for Shabbat. I think I think a GC Shabbat would yes. be the perfect way to experience Essex. Essex, I feel like that yeah. Would be, that like, would be like, it. obviously. Um, listen, peace. I lots of love. want you to Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, and please stay healthy, and may you have a beautiful, beautiful Christmas. You deserve it. Thank you, Ada. Lots okay. of love. Love to you all. Lots of love. Postcards from the edge. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please subscribe. I mean, it's actually begging. Rate us, review us, all the five stars, all the bells and whistles, please, wherever you find your podcasts. Seriously, desperate desperate for a good review. Also, if you want to get in touch, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Ida Field Williams. So please let us know what you think of the podcast and even who you might like to have on as a guest. You never know. We might actually be able to make it happen. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Postcards from the Edge is a Blueprint Pods production. Executive producer Sophie Palak and producer Warren Borg. Postcards from the edge. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.